Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Well, good morning, everybody. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? I love being in the house of the Lord. My name is Pradeep, and I'm one of the pastors here. So honored to conclude our series called Rebuild, based on the book of Nehemiah this morning. How many of you guys have felt challenged by all these different messages? We've had like three guest speakers from working on our marriages to building our focus to carrying a sword in one hand and a shovel in the other. It's just been a great, great time. And I'm just moved by this series specifically because we've been in this series for about 50 days now. Can you believe it? And that represents us being here in person for live services again. And Nehemiah talks about this story where the walls of Jerusalem are destroyed, the gates are on fire, but with the people of God working for the glory of God, they see those walls that had been destroyed, rebuilt in 52 days. And today we get to celebrate all that the Lord has done here in our spiritual family as a church in the last 50 days. We've seen us come together worship the Lord, participate in communion together. We've made new friends. We've seen people give their lives to the Lord. We've seen people sign up for baptism and new small group leaders step up in just 50 days. And we just want to start off this message and end this series by just giving the Lord glory for new wine, for a new spirit. Can we give the Lord another round of applause? Because I'm just pumped. I'm excited to be in this family of God, seeing the Lord doing good things. And so I want to end this series acknowledging all the good things the Lord has done. And I don't want to lose it now that the series is over. And so today I want to talk about building habits. Everybody say habits. I'm going to need some of your help preaching this morning. I realized that for about a year we had been preaching online and you were used to just watching. But your feedback, your claps, your amens, your eye contact actually helps us become better communicators. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they are just radio silent? And it's like, I don't want to hear my own voice anymore. I would love some feedback. It feels even more that way on stage. So could I get a good amen? Could I get a laughter at a joke? (laughs) <laughs> Could I hear a gasp at a story? Could I see a shed of a tear, a tear shed? Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Not for my ego, because I don't have much of an ego, and I need your encouragement, all right? Glory to God. And so we're talking about habits, and we all have habits from what we do the first thing in the morning. What do we look at when we get up? From when we go to bed, what is our, our nighttime routine? Do we read a book, or do we say a prayer? Some of us have habits on how we do certain things, like How do we brush our teeth? You know, do we put the toothpaste on first and then the water? Like, we have our own habits. Some of us, if we brush our teeth, we have habits, right? And so on our private Facebook community, which you should join if you want to, like, get some jokes and prayer requests and just ask for help, learn about different events, uh, it's called Kalos Church Community Group. It's on our Facebook. It's a private group. And anyways, I asked this question, what are some funny habits you have? And uh, I want to show you some of the responses. Linda Ho wrote, uh, I don't know how to transition out of conversations, so I just leave. (laughs) 
who's experienced that? You're like, where did Linda go? It was horrible on Zoom calls because she, oh, Linda's gone. <laughs> uh, off the screen, I, I believe Kira relates to that, huh? <laughs> Another person wrote here, uh, Joy wrote, she wrote, um, needing to groom my children. And this was reasonable when they were six and seven, but that was 10 years ago. <laughs> Natalie wrote, once in a while, I make parrot sounds as a sign of amusement slash surprise. I want to see that for myself. And so we all have habits. And so in the book of Nehemiah, to conclude this series, we're going to talk about some of these habits because Nehemiah had done this great work. And we're going to read in, in Nehemiah chapter 10. He had restored the walls of Jerusalem, and people took responsibility to sustain this move of God. And he says in verse 32, taking this responsibility, we assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of God, for the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbaths, at the new moon feast, and at the appointed festivals, for the holy offerings, for sin offerings to make atonement for Israel, and for all the duties of the house of our God. And so they realized, like, we had neglected the Lord, we had neglected the laws of the Lord, our God, and so we take responsibility, we're going to start building up the house of God, we're going to start giving financially a shekel, we're going to start providing food, that the house of the Lord might flourish. How many of you guys think it's important for the house of God to flourish? It's our place of refuge, a place of hope, a place where we say this belongs to the Lord, and our first priority is to glorify him. That's so important. So they, they take responsibility, but look at this. Uh, Nehemiah leaves, and in, in verse 13, he, he comes back, and uh, some things develop in the story. So it says in verse 6, but while all this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem, because he trusted them. He said they're taking responsibility. And so in, in the 32nd year of Antaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Remember, he was a cupbearer serving the king. And sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. So Nehemiah is gone. He's like, uh, these people are good. They're following the Lord again. Uh, but something crazy happens moving on in the story. He returns, and he sees people going back to their old ways, neglecting the house of God. Verse 11, so I rebuked the officials and asked them, why is the house of God neglected? Then he went pretty berserk. He got super angry, and he's like, you guys, we can't do this. We need to honor the Lord. This is so important. We just got this thing restored, and now you're going to go and repeat the same things that got us in this mess? No, and I, I relate to this when you see the people of God going back to the, some destructive patterns. In verse 25, so I confronted them and called down curses on them. I beat some of them and pulled out their hair. And so I thought this morning some of you could point out some people that need that today. Does anybody here need me to pull out some hair? Need me to call out some curses? I'm not going to do that. But it would be fun. So Nehemiah, he, he's just going a little berserk. He's pulling out people's hair. Why are you neglecting the Lord? We need to be holy. We need to love one another in gentleness. Give me that beard. Pfft. Nehemiah, simmer down. Simmer down. And so, so he, he confronts them, and then they, they repent again, and they, they take their vows again. They say they're going to go back to the habits of honoring the Lord. But I, I, I resonate with this passage because I, I found in my life it is easy to keep bad habits and it's hard to create good new habits. Anybody relate with that? 
Those of you online, leave that in the comments if you relate with that. But it's like, ah, these habits I'm trying to get rid of, like they're just not going anywhere. But the ones I'm trying to create that are good, that are honoring the Lord, they're helping me to go in the direction that I want to go. It is so difficult. You know, when it, it, it comes to escaping our habits and, and starting a new path, uh, I want to show you this video that I think you might relate to. Uh, it's a video of a sheep that's rescued out of a ditch. Let's, let's watch this, and I'm going to give a little narration. And so here, here's the sheep. He's pulled out of this crevasse, goes free, and then jumps right back in. All right, who relates to that? Who Raise your hand. Who relates to that? So you're like, okay, I'm going to start a new habit. All right, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to start waking up early in the morning. Ah, snooze button. Oh, snooze button. Okay, you're like, no, starting, I'm going to stop watching porn. Oh, no, I, I got triggered. I'm in, I'm in the... I'm there again. <laughs> or like, I'm going to be nicer to my spouse. I'm going to use kind, encouraging words. Oh, she looks funny today. <laughs> that person. I mean, I, who, all right, now, now that I've illustrated that, who relates to that? You try to start a new habit, and you're like, ah, I'm back in that old place again, down on my face again, like, like the sheep. Uh, Romans 7.15 says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And everybody said, amen, amen. <laughs> Here's the deal. We all go through moments of wanting to change, but we are like that sheep. We fall in that pit. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you, maybe give you some tools that have helped me based on this passage in Nehemiah. Because this, this is so important. It's, it's really important that when we go through spiritual highs or just life highs, when we go through that, like, maybe you went to a church camp or a missions trip or you had this prayer meeting or you made this decision, and you're like, you know, you're on the mountaintop. Have you ever noticed it's like after those mountaintop experiences, you fall to a new low? It's like that's where all the attacks, the temptations, you're getting triggered. It's like you go from the mountain to the valley, and I, I don't think that's by accident. I think we have an enemy that tries to pull us down when we are taking new ground, amen? And, and, and so this is something we need to really be aware of. Even Jesus, he talks about in Matthew 12, he says that when an evil spirit leaves a person, right? It, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Because you've had life change. But then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. They all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. And so when we get rid of bad spirits, bad habits, bad tendencies, it's important for us to realize that there is a vacuum that's created in us. We're all swept up in an order. And then like Jesus, these are the words of Jesus, we can sometimes end up worse than when we started. And so we need some good habits to make sure we seek his face so that everything else can fall into place. Look at your neighbor and say, habits. Habits, so important, so important. And so it's not just good enough to stop doing bad things. We need to fill ourselves with the Spirit of God and God-honoring habits. And so I want to share three things from this Nehemiah passage that ha it's really helped me in my life of following the Lord with discipline. And remember, discipline is the mark of a disciple. So if you want to be a disciple, you're going to have to approach discipline in the form of habits at some point in your life. First thing I want to share is this. The habits you have today shape who you become tomorrow. 
So important. Nehemiah 13. So I rebuked the nobles of Judah and said to them, what is this wicked thing you are doing? Desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your ancestors do the same thing so that our God brought all this calamity on us and the city? Now you are stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. So the current people of Israel were experiencing destruction because of decisions they made in the past. They didn't keep the Sabbath. That is, they didn't have a day where they ceased producing once a week. It's really scripturally important for us to rest to stop working, to stop producing once a week. Amen. It it proves that we're not robots. It proves that we're not slaves. It proves that we are human beings, not just human doings. And we can trust that the Lord can do more with six days than we can with seven. It's just an idea of who are we going to trust. And we trust the Lord as the people of God. They didn't, though. They felt like they had to work. How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to take care of my family? And so they're like, Lord, I want to trust you, but I'm going to trust my own strength and my own work. And that's desecrating the house of the Lord. That's desecrating God's command to put him first. And so Nehemiah sees them working on the Sabbath, and he's like, what are you doing? This is what got us in this this mess. And you are experiencing this today because of what your ancestors did yesterday. What kind of foundation are you setting up for the next generation? Because our habits, what we do right now, is going to shape who we are tomorrow. You know, in our lives, it's not the first mistake that ruins us. It's usually the second. Because the first one's a mistake. But then the second and the third and the fourth time, it becomes a habit. Have you ever realized this? That practice doesn't make perfect all the time. I mean, I could could practice basketball, right, for the next ten days and I won't be uh, perfect. Depressing fact for me. Well, I, I found practice doesn't always make perfect, but uh, practice does make permanent. The way you practice seals a behavior in you. So like all the little things you do, your routines, that is being embedded in you. You are creating neural pathways in your brain that will stay there. And the crazy thing is you will pass it on to the next generation, Right? How many of you know, our parents said one thing, but we copied their behavior more than their words because we passed things on. Practice doesn't always make perfect, but it does make permanent. And so our habits, what is a habit? Let me give you a definition. Habit, routines of behaviors that are repeated regularly and tend to occur subconsciously. That means we don't have to make decisions for our habit. We do them without thinking. It's just like we go through the motions. We don't, I mean, if you had to think through everything you did, like when you're driving a car and you're doing your makeup and you're drinking your coffee and you're hitting the signal and you're, you're trying to, you know, mess with your kids behind you, there's a lot of habits. If you had to think through all of that, okay, Pradeep, blink. Okay, breathe. I mean, even when someone says, like, talk about your breathing, suddenly you stop using the habit of breathing, and now you're insecure, like, I'm not breathing anymore. I have to tell myself to breathe in and breathe out. Anybody ever felt that way? You're like, stop talking about breathing. Now I'm I'm afraid I'm going to lose all my breath because I have to think. Because for that moment, you're not using your habit, and you realize there's a lot of functions in your body subconsciously that, that help us to focus on important things and new things. You know, our, our daughter uh, is developing habits. She's two years old. And we are very, very intentional with our habits because we know they're going to last a long time. We made a mistake where we have laughed at her throwing her bottle on the ground when she's in her high chair. And so uh, 
she'll literally go, oh, no. And just look at us. Oh, no. And then uh, she just looks at us, and then we pick it up. 30 seconds later, oh, no. Like, come on, Nala. Two-year-old baby. I'm sick of picking this up. We're like, I'm not picking it up anymore. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, right, right? This is happening. We don't, we don't honestly know how to break it because if we try to break it, she just starts crying. So that, that's a negative. But we also have used this in the positive because uh, uh, Nathan and Yuna, who are part of our leadership team at Kalos, they got married on Thursday. Glory to God. Glory to God. Nathan and Yuna, if you're watching on this live stream while in Hawaii, uh, God bless you. We love you so much. Congratulations. Uh, and so they asked Nala, our two-year-old daughter, to be the flower girl. And she was so cute. And so for the last, uh, like, week before the wedding at her preschool, we asked the teachers, could you help her carry a flower basket and throw flowers? And so every day they practiced this. They had, this, they had the same basket, and they used, like, construction paper. And she would just practice walking down the aisle, and she was, like, very generous with how much she threw how would she do it? Every day she would just practice, practice, practice. And then it came time for the rehearsal right before the wedding. Practice, practice, practice. And the day of the wedding happened, and it started to rain. And there are a lot of people. And for all, those of us who have children, and we've been raising them in a time of quarantine, our kids are not used to a lot of people. Anybody with me there? It's like, whoa, look at all these people. But... When it came time to the wedding, even though it was starting to sprinkle, even though there was all these people, even though there is this new location, beautiful location, when it came that time, my goodness, with the music playing, she came out in a little cute frilly dress. And she had flowers, and she threw like one petal at the beginning. She smiled at everybody, looked around, ran to mom, and right before at the end, threw one more petal. It's beautiful. Do you guys, would you guys like to see a picture of this? Yeah. All right, let's show this picture. Look at that. Look at that. Honestly, Nala being a flower girl is literally a life highlight for me. It, it means so much. It's so beautiful. Let's, let's give the Lord some glory for that beautiful girl. <laughs> Good job, God. Good job. And so she was developing these habits, and we made it permanent. Just these routines by practice, practice. Uh, much of what we do is subconscious. About 40% of everything we do right now, like some of you are crossing your legs. Some of you are taking notes. Some of you are trying to not let me see you texting. Like we are all doing these things subconsciously. But I see it. I see it. Have you ever noticed this? I like this quote. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. I, I've noticed that, like, especially in sports, like, we see the greats, like, you know, like a Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant, like, after games, they would be shooting free throws. They do that, like, every time to be consistent. And other people do it occasionally, will binge a habit. But successful people, honestly, and this isn't always, but they do consistently what other people do occasionally. And so... But many of us know just because we want to accomplish goals, we want to be better, that doesn't always happen. And uh, I, want, I want to help you with that. Number two, this will help us to achieve our goals. To achieve your goals, focus on your systems. 
To achieve your goals, focus on your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And so, so we need systems to help us accomplish our habits so that we can accomplish our goals so that the vacuum of our life isn't filled with seven evil demons. Just break that down. <laughs> so let's, let's see a, a system Nehemiah creates in Nehemiah 13. Verse 19. When evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, remember they were breaking the Sabbath, they were working, they weren't resting, I ordered the doors to be shut and not opened until the Sabbath was over. I stationed some of my own men at the gates so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. Once or twice the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside Jerusalem, but I warned them and said, why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. So people were tempted with working on the Sabbath. So Nehemiah, instead of just yelling at the people who are working on the Sabbath, he said, you know what? I'm going to go to the merchants on the other side of the wall. I'm going to say, stop. If they don't stop, I have some people here watching, and they will arrest them. And so people won't even have the trigger or the temptation to work because the goods won't be there to buy. Are you tracking with me? So, so he, he shut it down. He created a system. He wasn't just dependent on their willpower. He made things happen so that they didn't even have to think about it. It was a system. And so uh, I, I've tried to create systems in my life. for the la- It's crazy to think about, but for the last 11 years, every March, I have done a 30-day challenge called the Bloggermage, where I blog about a pilgrimage in my soul that I'm taking. So I do these weird challenges every March where, uh, like this last uh, March, I, I started a podcast in 30 days about artificial intelligence, deep learning, and futurology, and how it interacts with the gospel and theology. Um, my first bloggermage, I try to jump 2,000 times a day on a jump rope, like tra- training like a boxer. I've done things like do rap songs or learn how to sing. I try to, I try to write a book in a month. I actually, that's the only one I've failed at. I did like 30 days of stand-up comedy. Uh, I mean, just all sorts of things. So I, I've done 11 of these now. And my first one was in Korea when I was trying to jump rope. And so these March traditions in my life have forced me to learn how to create a new habit because these are not things I'm used to doing. So, so with jumping rope, I remember when it first happened, I was going to do 30 days of this. It took me about an hour to complete the challenge because I wasn't used to it. I was out of shape. My calves weren't ready for that workload. And so every day I would jump. One, two, three, four, five. And it was difficult. But I would blog about it and post it so my friends, my community, they would interact with me. They would cheer me on. They would help me. And then by the day 10, I was getting better and stronger. And I would not go to sleep until I had finished my challenge. Like, there, Amrita was trying to learn Korean in 30 days. And so before, like, like we had our, our different places, before we would end our night, we would uh, make sure we got our challenge done. And by the time I was, like, on day 27 or something, my I was having to wear a knee brace because I was going at too hard of a pace, but all my friends were cheering me on. I want to show you this video of one time where I had not done the challenge. I think it's day 27. I'm in a Korean baseball game, 
And my friends are like, Craven, you haven't done your challenge yet. You got to do it right now. They're just being accountability for me. And I was like, I hate you, but thank you. Let's watch that video. <laughs> So I want to stop, but they're like, no, you got more to do. All right, all right. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I cannot do that anymore. But they, they, they held me accountable. They knew my challenge. They knew I couldn't go to sleep before I accomplished that. And, and these systems have honestly helped me develop a new habit. Some I like to keep. Some I, I, I don't keep. But I, I believe any of us can develop new habits. And some of the systems that have helped me, um, you can read more about these systems in depth, come from the book Atomic Habits and a book called The Power of Habit. Really recommend them both. But the first thing I want to share that's helped me is called Habit Stacking. And so just like Nehemiah, he, he shut the doors on the Sabbath so that they couldn't even get into it. They weren't even tempted. We can stack our habits to work in our favor. So, like, let's say you want to pray for your family more. Like, when I was in high school, I used to do this. I said, hey, every time I stop at a red light, which is a habit I already had and a habit I hope you have, every time I stopped at a red light, an existing habit, I would create a habit I wanted. So I'm in my car, stop at a red light, and so every red light, I'm going to pray for my family. And so I would couple these things, and habit stacking makes it more attractive, because you're like, I'm already doing this anyways. I might as well take this time to pray. And that way, it's not too complicated. Uh, in high school, we used to put Bible verses that we wanted to memorize on our windshield. So every red light, we would try to memorize that verse. And it was just habit stacking. It was really helpful. So after I do current habit, I will do the habit I want. Super helpful. You can do it the other way. You can do before a current habit, I will do this habit I want. So like this jumping rope, I have a habit of sleeping. Anybody here love sleeping? I love sleeping. So before I do the habit I want, before I sleep, I will jump rope. And so I didn't really want to jump rope, but I wanted to sleep. So it made it more attractive. The second thing that's helped me is accountability partners. You saw in this video people cheering me on. Pradeepan, you haven't jumped rope yet. We want to be in one of your videos. You got to go on. And this, this is really helpful. Anybody here have an accountability partner? I mean, just someone who roots you on. All right. Well, no hands. Zach, all right, Zach and Becca who are married. <laughs> are you guys each other's accountability partner? Okay, no. I mean, it's important. So uh, I, I have a friend who's like, Pastor Pradeepan, I want to stop watching porn. Will you be my accountability partner? He's like, I, I've seen the stats. So much of porn contributes to sex trafficking. It's a marriage killer. 
Like, it's, I don't want to lust. You know, Jesus says, if you look at a woman who you're not married to with lust, that's like the same sin as adultery. I don't want to cheat on my spouse anymore. And so, will you help me? And he says, uh, you don't have to think through anything, but this is what I'm going to do. Every time I watch porn, I'm going to tell you whether you like it or not, and I want you to punch me in the face. And I've been a lot of people's accountability partners, but this was my favorite. <laughs> this was my favorite. And so he'd be like, Pastor Fredipen, I did it again, and I just punched him in the face. It was awesome. But he, he stopped. He actually stopped, and he's been free for years and actually decades now. Can we give the Lord glory to God? So Ephesians talks about this. It's called the five-fold ministry. <laughs> so <laughs> Nehemiah, he stationed men at the gates to arrest anybody, right? That was accountability. They were watching. Number three thing that's helped me is track your streak. You know, try to set a record for how many days in a row you can do it. Anybody here competitive? It helps with your competitive nature so that you'll want to keep going. Jerry Seinfeld did this with writing jokes. He said, I have this calendar. Every day I'm going to write a joke, and I'll put a big red X on that day. And after he was like 500 days into this, he's like, I don't want to break the streak. So keep the streak going. You know, I actually have an app called um, Days Since, and I, I actually use this. And so I, I've been trying to cut the habit of doom scrolling in my life because I intentionally look for bad news, like, about the world and society collapse and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was impacting me. It was making me really depressed and negative. So I actually, I think it's been 83 days since I've fully given into some of those habits. And I, I have an app that literally tracks that for me called Day Since. It's free. I recommend it. And so, like, when you read your Bible, like, 99 days in a row, how many of you are not going to stop before day 100, right? Because the competitive nature, keep the streak going. And and simply number four, uh, the two-minute rule has helped me. And so I, I found that human behavior, it follows the rule of least effort. Make it easy. If you're trying to eat breakfast in the morning, set it out the night before. Set out your clothes the night before if you're wanting to get up early and pray. Like, get rid of all that decision fatigue. Maybe you've noticed that I wear the same outfit every Sunday. That That's intentional. I just have different colors of jean jackets, sweaters, and I have multiple of these jeans. Because I don't want to make, I want to be easy. And I, I wanted to start flossing a number of years ago. Hashtag gingivitis, right? Um, and so I, I, I literally keep um, my, my, my like portable plastic floss thing. I have a whole pack of it. I keep it in the shower. So whenever I shower, I'm just flossing, right? It, it just makes it really easy. So the two-minute rule. Again, read Atomic Habits or The Power of Habit if you want to get a little bit more deep in those. Third thing I want to share as I close is this. I want to encourage you, as you're trying to start habits, big doors open on small hinges. It's just true. Zechariah 4.10 says this, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. It's easy in our habits to feel discouraged when we feel like that sheep, when we keep on falling in that pit, when we keep on going back into bad hab habits. We know this is going to destroy us. We know we don't like it, but we keep on doing it for some reason. But I, I want to encourage you, I'm glad that you're trying. Because we, we underestimate, Craig Rochelle has this great quote. He says, we, we overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in a lifetime. And these little things that you're trying to do, your efforts, they add up. Right here, I have like a, a hot water heater. I actually use this. This is from our kitchen. And 
I like to get this water boiling at 212 degrees. Who likes a morning hot drink? I love it. It's like my favorite feeling. And uh, so if I set this thing, like I can set the exact temperature on this. If I, if I set it to uh, 80 degrees, the water is going to be hot, but it's not going to be boiling. If I set it to 150 degrees, it's going to be hot, but it's not going to be boiling. If I set it to 211 degrees, this water will be hot, but not boiling. But when I set it to 212 degrees, suddenly it boils. Some of us in our habits are so discouraged because we are at 209 degrees, and we're like trying, we're trying to get 1% better every day, every year, every month, and it's like nothing's happening. Have you ever felt that way? I'm just going backwards. I'm not accomplishing my goals. All these other people, it's like, man, they gave their life to the Lord, and their life changed, or they went after this business, or this job, or this education. It was like they were an overnight success. Well, you don't realize a lot of us have been at 211 degrees for a long time. A lot of those overnight successes have been at 211 degrees for a long time. But when we have a mentality and we trust that the Lord can use these small beginnings and these small efforts over years, those things add up. And then when we go from 211 to 212, we are boiling. We are on fire. We are accomplishing things that we never thought we would accomplish. We have habits and life-giving patterns. And I, I think that many of you today are at 211. And you just need the spirit of the Lord to encourage you and fill you up and set you on fire so that you can be a boiling furnace for the Lord, for the next generation, for your family, for your life. Some of you are stuck in addictions, but I just want to say, Keep going. You might just be one degree away from being decades away from that addiction. Keep going. Some of you are one degree away from setting generational patterns where you can say, me and my family, our house, we will serve the Lord. The gates might be destroyed on fire. Things might be just a little bit rowdy in your spirit. Sometimes you're doing the things that you don't want to do. But with the Lord, as we trust him in the daily, as we trust him in the small beginnings, we might just be one degree away from seeing that the Lord is bringing change and transformation from dormancy to boiling. Amen. And so I say, let's not despise small beginnings. Let's trust the Lord. We overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what these habits do in a lifetime. Lifetime. Even right now, would you pray? Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads and just ask the Lord. Lord, what is a new habit that you want to create in me. Oh, Lord. Lord, to get what you want in my life, what habit do you need me to start? Lord, yes, the gates were destroyed. Yes, I've been rebuilt. Yes, I'm a new creation. But Lord, I don't want to go into these old patterns again. I want to be transformed. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be boiling on fire for you, Lord on fire for my family, walking in my purpose and my career. I don't want these patterns to destroy my future. What habit, Lord, do you want me to start to walk in the ways you want me to walk? Oh, Lord, we're listening. 
We're listening. And I want to encourage you with James 1.21 as we close. James 1 says this, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. And we will put away wicked ways as we submit to God. And even small seeds that the Lord plants in us can change everything. Because here's the deal. Nehemiah rebuilt these walls. He brought back the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And those people, as we follow their legacy, it led to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, receiving and walking in this area, surrounded by walls that were built by generations past, Jesus was able to do his work and let his body be broken, his blood be spilled on the cross that could save us. Because we find true life and hope only through Jesus Christ. Only by dying to ourselves and receiving new life through Jesus. But I just think it's amazing that these 52 days that Nehemiah spent led to Jesus Christ saving all of humanity. Who knows what the Lord is going to do as we walk daily with him. Who knows what's going to happen a year, 10 years, generations from now as we walk daily committed. And so I just want to commission all of you to receive what the Lord would have. So why don't you open up your hands and let me bless you. Dear Father, I just bless these people to walk in the rebuilt walls that you have for them. That they would give you glory. That they would honor you and that no habits, no addictions, no destructive patterns would steal and kill and destroy what you have for them. But Lord, just like Nehemiah eventually set up the work of the cross, Lord, I pray that our lives would set up the work of your salvation in our families, in our communities, in this nation, in the entire world, Lord, we give you glory. So I bless them with godly habits. I break patterns of destruction in the name of Jesus for your glory. And everybody said, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? God's going to do great things. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time. Time.